Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. I'm Diane. My name is Pete. Hey! Hey! Happy days and all that good stuff. Oh yes, we're getting <laughs> lots of that on our tour through Ireland. We are continuing on. This is day number four. Yeah, so we will be going over recapping day three and day four. Because Ooh. we did day one and two in our previous episode. Yes, these are little short episodes recorded in our hotel room. Yeah, so in hopefully, Ireland. hopefully the sound isn't too bad, but uh, we'll all see how that turns out. Yeah, you may hear the ice machine at some point. We're very close to that today. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so let's let's uh, let's continue from where we left off. We were on day two. Uh, I think we were staying in Cork. Mm-hmm. Is where we left off. Yes. Cork. Coca. Yeah. Uh, which I did. I did hear a natural Irish-speaking person pronounce, and they they don't really emphasize the part. Mm-hmm. It's more like they're saying cork, but they go like cork. Okay. Is how they say it. So I see why they anglicize it as cork. Yes. Yeah. So we stayed overnight there, got up early, and drove to a place called Cove, which is actually spelled C-O-B-H. Yes. And uh, that was a big uh, kind of shipping port. Indeed. And uh, it's where a lot of, so there's a a large uh, Irish emigration around 1850, uh, referred to as the Irish Famine, which wasn't really a famine, was more like England wouldn't feed the people and the potato failed, so they had to leave. Yeah, we, we talked a lot about this actually last episode, but it did... It does come up a lot, um, and we did we did further explore it um, with this trip. But we also explored the Titanic. Yeah, I was going to say, specifically because we were talking about where all the ships left Ireland from. Yeah. Yeah, and that's actually something we missed in the last episode. Um, our, the numbers we were given uh, previously was 6 million was our population, and it dropped down to 3 million. Uh, funny enough, today, on day four... Our tour guide said eight million dropped to four million, so we got a different set of numbers. Um, I don't really know the specifics there, but uh, either way, when we were talking about uh, in the last podcast, I thought it was all like, "Well, it was all from the famine; they lost half half their population." But uh, it's important to note that a lot of the people left the country too, and that got rid of their population. Um, yes, and there was something else. It was the guy this morning that was talking about there was... Joined the military. Emigrated and joined the military. So there was other places they were going, but it was like one and a half million that emigrated. So it was a lot. Yeah. And basically the population decreased by half is what we gather from whatever number calculation we use. Yeah, whatever is the correct stat. Anyways, uh, but also the Titanic left from Cove. On its ill-fated maiden journey. Indeed. And the Lusitania. Yeah, and that's that's the sad thing about it, is I'd never heard about that story before. Did you hear about that one? Uh, it's a familiar. I don't think I knew the exact detail, but familiar. It was bombed by uh, U-boats. Yeah, German U-boats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess during World War Two or... One, pre, wasn't it? Pre? Okay, World War One. We paid real close attention to all the dates <laughs> when we were walking through the museum. Yeah. 
it was a lot of information to take in, but that was uh, that was interesting to me because that was a pretty huge tragedy. It, it, it sunk and killed more than a, a thousand Irish people, um, and it, they were just a tourism tourism bus. Uh, sorry, not a bus boat, uh, just leaving their pier in a submarine. Yeah, a German submarine just like yeah, we're gonna kill you. Boom, dead. Yep, that's war. Uh, also, a big part of the exhibit was on the convicts that they would ship to Australia. Oh, yeah, that was interesting because mm -hmm. a lot of them escaped. The convicts escaped? Yeah, in Australia, and then started their own businesses and things. Or they served their time. Like, they went there to do certain years of hard labor. Yeah. And that was that. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then they, you know, started life and were very successful yeah. in this new land where no one thought they were just criminals. Or everyone was a criminal, so hey. So it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. I forgot about that in the history books where there was a moment where Australia was like Britain's prison where they just shipped off all the people they wanted. Oh, my cousin mentions it all the time. Yeah? She talks about their, uh, their accent and how it's different from British because they were whispering all the time and had to be a little sly with how they spoke. So it's got this, I don't know, drawl to it because <laughs> it's a bunch of convicts whispering to each other. I don't know. Oh, okay. Fun fact, the mm -hmm. uh, term for walkie-talkie has been called a whisper in Ireland multiple times for us. Um, I've never heard that term before. Oh, yeah? Get out your whispers. Well, I didn't know if that's just the box that we were using, because it's not... We never can't, heard that We before. can't talk back. It's just a listening device. Okay, either way, I've never heard it been called a whisper. We can look into that, too. Maybe we'll do a check facts episode after we get back uh, to Toronto and go over all the things that we weren't sure about. Which, by the way, do you have the uh, Irish word for whiskey? I do. That's going to take me a second, and I was going to go into that a little later. I've got the two tidbits I wanted to share. Okay. But let's go through our trip first. Uh, so the next part of our trip was taking the bus to Blarney, where we got to kiss the stone. Kiss the gab? Kiss the Blarney stone, which gave you the gift of the gab. Right. It said this, uh, the, the rumor is that... Uh, after kissing the stone in the top of a castle inside wall, you're supposed to suddenly be able to speak your way out of any kind of a problem, essentially. Yes. Uh, now, this stone, you think it's just a rock <laughs> on the wall. No, no. You have to lie on your back, and there's someone there to kind of hold your hips, and you basically have to lean all the way back, and you're upside down kissing a stone. Yeah, and for a time, this castle had... Um, it had uh, been weathered and sort of fallen apart, so like it has no roof on it anymore. And uh, the place where the stone is, they also had no uh, floor. So when they're hanging you upside down, it used to be that you're basically hanging in the air from about four stories high. And that was kind of a dangerous thing where a guy's just holding you by your ankles and you could potentially fall down. But they've added in iron bars now, so at least, you know, none of those larger tourists will. Uh, escape their grip and fall to their death. Yes. You're also lying on your back, so you're not, like, completely suspended. No, not at all, actually. I thought it was going to be way more intense than it actually was. Mm -hmm. I was a little, uh, you know, concerned about uh, spreading communicable diseases through this stone. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, everyone does it, so... Well, I don't know if you noticed, it was really 
wet. I think they, from time to time, hose it down or something. Oh, yeah? I thought it was just damp because it was wet outside that day. No, it was specifically in that spot. Okay. That or a lot of people were just giving, like, total super messy French kisses and just licking the stone. Gross. Um, anyways, we had, like, two hours at that site, uh, Blarney. So there's a castle. There was a really nice trail by the river there that we went down. They have a Blarney house that exists and beautiful gardens all throughout the site and you know a little some waterfalls here and there it was really nice walkabout yeah and someone actually lived in the house so someone actually still lives in this blarney residence with this broken down castle with these gardens these poison gardens a whole river and just tons and tons of uh space but uh there's someone who lives in this house and apparently as some kind of a tax deductible technique he opens tours to his house as well for Mm -hmm. a few weeks in the year Mm -hmm. that's what it sounded like we didn't do the house tour no it was additional admission Mm -hmm. so uh yeah we passed on that but it it was a gorgeous house a very neat area this blarney Mm -hmm. (laughs) very strange yep um had a really good lunch close by uh and then got back on the bus to travel to killarney where we have a hotel for two nights. That's where we are right now. Yeah, so this is day three and four. Um, been staying in the same place. It's it's nice, actually, to be able to stay in the same place. We've been moving around so much um, since, you know, day zero in Toronto. Just bouncing, 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 bouncing. So it's been nice to actually sort of have a home base just for a couple days. Um, this is the first place we went to where they gave us two single beds. That was a little strange. Um, I've been pushing them together, but it's still like, I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> there's there's a seam down the middle. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. at least stay attached together, so if anyone goes in for a cuddle, they don't fall down. Uh, I, I, started to, I started to fall through the bottom <laughs> okay. last night. So if anyone needs a description of what the uh, town of Killarney looks like, um, it's basically like your typical tourist town. Um, there's just, uh, there's a main street, which is essentially restaurants, bars, uh, shops to buy things, and there's hotels everywhere. Yeah, and, uh, last night on day three, I went over to one of the bars in town and was talking to the bartender, because no one else was there, actually, it was kind of crazy. Everyone was going to a bar next door where they had a live uh, musician. And uh, she was basically telling me that, yeah, 80% of this population here, at this time of the year anyway, is uh, all tourists. Mm-hmm. Reminded us a lot of Banff, which is also kind of a main throwaway uh, populated by tourists, basically. And there's hotels everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, but a nice setting, and it's right by the Clarney National Park, which is huge and protected, and no cars are allowed through there, uh, so it's gorgeous. Yeah, so that's how we started off day four. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of interesting. They gave it as an optional thing to get up early to go for a walk through a national park. Uh, quite a people, uh, Quite a few people in our group did not join us 
which I sort of expected. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that would be for everyone, but uh, yeah, it was, not, not it was all lovely. Not mobile enough to do a walk through park. Yeah, but also even like, I don't know, some people don't care about nature. It's, it's sad, but true. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that, was, that was one of the highlights so far of the trip. So there's this, uh, yeah, there's a national park here in Killarney. I think she said like 48 to 100 acres, but I don't remember the numbers. Oh, it's in the thousands. Thousands, okay. Yes. Yes, it's in the thousands, and I don't remember the exact number. Okay. But it's... It's really, really big. Yes, it is large. Um, and we first went to go visit a waterfall called Torque Falls. And uh, then we walked down. There's actually a home. Musross? Muskross? Oh, the split home, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the name of that either. <laughs> Uh, yes, and there's a whole history behind the house and who owned it, and eventually it got uh, given to the state, to the country. So they have, uh, yeah, basically uh, kept it, preserved it. What I notice more, and and have noticed generally with the whole trip, is it's really interesting about the um, vegetation in Ireland, because they will have trees similar to Canada. Like, they had some cedars, but giant, giant huge uh cedars cedars and uh they had the uh uh arb uh, arbutus arbutus yeah which i believe we have too but we don't have fruits on our arbutus so this is different only in vancouver where they can grow right but canadian things and then you can circumvent that with they have things like uh palm trees in ireland Mm -hmm. and then they have uh the menace of the uh the viney thing from uh the rhododendron thank you no problem i'm really a specialist in plants mm-hmm. so they actually the british brought over these rhododendron um from i believe it's kind of the nepal area so from the far east and it thrives in the irish climate and it basically is choking out native species so they are trying to basically kind of cut it down, burn it out, but keeps coming back. And it also, our guide in the horse-drawn carriage today in the jaunty cart said there was bamboo, too. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And bamboo will regenerate everywhere. Instantly. Yep, instantly, unless yeah. you pull out the root. Yeah, I wondered about that before because I remember reading... Uh, when we went to the Toronto Zoo and mm-hmm. saw the pandas, just mm-hmm. how much bamboo they eat. And it's yes. like, how is that possible without them to, like doing complete deforestation? Yes, apparently they just eat the plant, <laughs> they go somewhere else, and they can come back, and the plant will be there the next day again. And it's right back at it. Which is also why bamboo is considered a uh, kind of a natural or a very green fabric. Because as long as the plant is cared for properly, it will just regenerate. Yeah. Fun fact. Very fun. Um, so we're kind of jumping around, but uh, day four. So we started off with that tour of the... Um, in the National Park. Yeah, in the National Park. And then we got on the bus, and this is when we headed off to the Ring of Kerry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Ring of Kerry was quite a few things. It was mostly staying on the bus and seeing a lot of sights. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is when I really noticed just how much space there is in Ireland. I remember having this conversation with you. It's like, we live in Canada, which is a very big country and a very small population. 
and they always say like you know there's there's a reason why we own cars there's a reason why we have so many roads and things is like to get around because there's so much land but i even notice like uh when we're traveling from toronto a big city going up to let's say my cottage way in either the muskokas or halliburton wherever you're going there's almost always a house there's always someone living there um and you might see a couple farms or something but in ireland it's been like nothing but farms or nothing but nothingness um except for when you're in the cities where they're very populated there's just a lot of blank gorgeous beautiful natural space Mm-hmm. definitely um yeah don't know what to add uh even just even if there are farms they're large and kind of people share grassy areas where they have their sheep so they just dye their sheep their specific color and let them roam so they may be roaming on their own farmland or state land and yeah it's just large expanses of green everywhere yeah and i joked about probably seeing about 620 something cows on day one and two but i think i've seen even more on day three and four and certainly more sheep this time. Yep. There's just animals. They're just, they're everywhere. And we learn that there's no predators. And it's like, that's, that's the life, man. To be a sheep or a cow and you just graze around, you just eat, 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 sit around, hang out in the shade, whatever, go in the sun. Mm-hmm. A lot of lounging around going on. Mm-hmm. Zero wolves, zero mm-hmm. predators. Until we eat them. Yeah, but it seems like they have, like, full lives. Like, it seems like this is the definition of having an organic uh, cow (laughs) to eat. Like, they're just out there in giant fields, just wandering around doing their own thing. I think they take a nap or lie down because they're on hills all the time. They're like, ah, God, climb the hill and sit down for a second. So that's, uh, I don't know if this goes with our order, but that's one of the fun things we got to do. I think it was around lunchtime we stopped off. Uh, one of these beautiful cliff sides um, where uh, the lunch place advertised like the best view you'll get while eating lunch or something. And uh, yeah, sure enough, it's over all these cliffs and I think over looking into the Atlantic Ocean, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, once we finished our lunch, we, we got out and just went for a little walk along, not really the shoreline because it was quite a bit of ways, but you could see it. And we just, yeah, we jumped over a little ladder that led to an open farmland and got to walk up to a cow. Mm-hmm. And some people, some people in the group were taking selfies with the cow. And it's like, all right, that's, I guess, what you do when you're in Ireland. I overheard the girl really wanted to touch a cow, so accomplished. Well done. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of dirty, but sure. Good job. Uh, yeah, so, again, the Ring of Kerry was a lot of, you basically drive in a pretty wide circle, start at Killarney, end at Killarney, and it's just beautiful Irish scenery the whole way around, and they stop here and there, so you can get out and take pictures. Um, a lot of uh, water, there's some, some lakes that yeah. formed, uh, so there's lots of uh, kind of lakes to see, in addition to the hills and the green and the sheep. Yeah, they're much smaller lakes than what we have in Canada. Oh, yeah. But they reminded me of them. They looked really fresh. Like, mm-hmm. I really wanted to jump into them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But again, yeah, no cottages. Like, no, not really. No one really living around these lakes. It's mm-hmm. just all just open, open space. Mm-hmm. So we got back from our little uh, ring of carry and had an optional experience where we went in a jaunty cart. So jaunty cart. Yes, uh, basically just a. Uh, kind of a, a wagon. We fit six people in our wagon attached to a horse. Our horse's name was Bob. <laughs> our driver was Mike. And we went back through uh, Killarney National Park, but by horse this time. Yeah, and we got a different perspective too. Mm-hmm. Like we got to hear a lot of the same things we did earlier in the morning with our walking tour. Um, but, you know, we got a very different perspective from someone who's definitely born and raised Irish And he definitely had some issues with the English, though. Oh, yes, for sure. Definitely had some opinions. And had been working with that company since he was 12 years old. So, boy, did he know the cart and the horse. Yeah, and to put into perspective, he was probably late 40s. Yeah. I would say. So, yeah, been doing it for a while. Super friendly. Yeah, Uh, and Bob was awesome. Great horse. Uh, one of the things I pointed out to Diane that I thought was amazing, because I've never seen this before. I've seen a lot of places with horse-drawn carriages, but uh, they actually had a little bag that appears just slightly below the horse between their back legs to uh, collect the poop as they walked so it wouldn't go on the street. I was like, that's nice, because I'm sure I've been to places in Canada with horse-drawn carriages. Maybe it's just like carnivals or something where they walk along a route or something, and there's just there's poop everywhere. They just let it go. Yep. But Same thing with the the police, because we have police on, on mounted horse in Toronto. I don't know if they yeah. just poop on Do they just poop on the road? Yeah, they do. Yeah, nice. Yeah, they wouldn't have an apparatus because they're mounting. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, that was a jolly little ride, and then we uh, got back and went and had some dinner. Had some drinks and some dinner. Yeah. Two different places. Checked out a couple of spots. I decided I wasn't hungry and went for a bowl of soup that was the largest bowl of soup I've ever seen. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we didn't oh, we didn't do this quite chronologically, but we'll we'll just sort of mash them all together. So on day three, we actually looked for Italian. We were oh, yeah, yeah. we were excited about I don't know maybe pursuing something that wasn't pub grub because you know that is what uh, Ireland. Uh, excels at, but, but we thought we would try something different, so we actually found an Italian restaurant um, for our first night in Killarney, which was day three. Um, it's pretty good, I would say, overall. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. We had um, spaghetti carbonara. And a Greek salad. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Greek salad really wasn't like a Greek salad. Like, they just had giant chunks of feta and it had all the a weird olives and, <laughs> yeah, of a Greek I guess salad so. I guess so it was just different yeah. um but yeah it was funny to go to Ireland to have uh an Italian spaghetti and a Greek salad but we but if, g- we gave that a go yeah and if we were going to find that we were going to find it in Killarney in the tourist place where they basically have Indian restaurants Italian restaurants Chinese, Chinese restaurants yeah. and a bunch of pubs so Thai yeah yeah it's a good call yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, day four, we were across the street at a pub um, called Cork- Corkies? Corkeries? What did we call it? Corkeries. Corkeries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you had the soup, I had a burger, and even the burger was different. Like, it only had meat on it, and I'm not sure what they put on it. It looked like a jelly. Like, oh, okay. Like a strawberry jelly 
on top of it. So what I did is I just grabbed um, the salad they gave me and tossed it on there too. Made it more complete. Mm -hmm. It was delicious. And uh, also of note, they have this really delicious ice cream place here called Murphy's. And Murphy's only uses milk from the cows in the National Park. And it's, I think they said it's a low-fat milk. Anyways, they make an ice cream that is delicious and have all these interesting flavors, like gin. Mm. Yeah, it tastes tastes exactly like gin, Mm -hmm. but in a good way. Yeah, Um, so really, really good. If you ever have a chance to have Murphy's ice cream, do it. Absolutely, I agree with that. I'm not a sweet tooth. Um, They were very free with their samples. They were just constantly mm-hmm. trying to... We were waiting us. in line for five... We were waiting in line, <laughs> not for five minutes, but waiting in line behind some customers, and she just kept bringing up samples. <laughs> like, try this one. Try this one. Try, try this, this one. one. Try this one. And then we got up to the counter, and the guy was like, want to sample anything before you buy? We're like, I think we've sampled everything. And he's like, yeah. try another one. <laughs> Have another sample. Yeah. They're very comfortable with... The amount of money they're making, I guess, which is great. And, yeah, it's very good. Very good ice cream. We're going to miss that for sure. Yeah. Um, This is a good segue. Into? uh, Into one of my bits of things I wanted to share. Cool. So I was going to talk about Irish whiskey. Do it. Because uh, we briefly talked about this last time. And we were trying to remember the name of whiskey. So I wrote it down now. And they said it's Ishkabaha. Mm. Ishkabaha. That sounds about right. And Ishkabaha is apparently the original, I guess, Gaelic, Irish term they use for, um, what did they call it? Miracle miracle liquid or something? Oh, whatever. That was whatever. what it originally was. And uh, they really liked it and whatever. And then it got anglicized into whiskey because I guess that's the best they could do to <laughs> pronounce that. Um, so in my time here, I'm a big fan of whiskey, so... I've been trying to try some Irish whiskeys. I've always had Jameson's. I didn't know Jameson's was a Irish whiskey until recently, but uh, <coughs> I've already had that, so I didn't try that. But I've been trying two other ones: Powers and Teelings. T e e l i n g s, I believe, and both have been wonderful. Very good. They give my two thumbs up. Nice. There's a Pete's rating system now. Yeah, it's not very creative. I need to come with something better than that. <laughs> Anyways, yummy. Good. Yeah, but expensive. That's the other thing. Is uh, you can go like even in Canada, you can get a Jameson's cheap. Like you can get a Jameson's How just, cheap? Um, like at the same price as a Canadian Club or any of those like low grade. Canadian whiskeys that you just throw in a mixed drink that aren't necessarily a good one. Mm-hmm. Jameson's gets thrown into that too mm-hmm. as a cheap whiskey option. So it's kind of strange that it's so premium uh, in its native land, whereas where it's imported all the way over to us, it's now cheaper. I see. That's kind of strange to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, like, to put it into perspective, when I was in Holland, Heineken was the cheapest thing you could get. It was cheaper than water. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go yeah, to Canada or, or, or here in Ireland, it's mm-hmm. a premium uh, imported drink. Although it's also brewed in Ireland, Heineken. Yeah, it's also brewed in Canada and Quebec. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. So, yeah, we pay import prices without it actually being imported. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's my little tidbit on liquor. Whiskey. Whiskey and liquor in Ireland. Can I share my bee story? Yeah. Just because I think it's funny. Yeah. Uh, so we were eating lunch at this uh, uh, stop on the Ring of Kerry. And it's built to accommodate coaches. So they basically have lots of tables. Uh, they help you through to pick out your sandwich or your hot meal, sit you down. So we're sitting beside another couple from our group, just kind of small chatting, eating away. And this wasp appears. And we're like, oh, no. And we kind of both try to, like, fan it away. And I knock it into my tea. So, and then it drowns. It's, Immediately. It was amazing. Yeah, it was a yeah, great trap. Yeah, into my tea. Um, and then it was kind of like, oh, well, I wonder if I can get a new tea. Yeah, so I was trying to be the good husband, and I was like, all right, I'm going to flag down one of the employees of this establishment, and I I waved down this younger lady, and I was like, hi, yeah, so a bee, like, flew in, and uh, it fell into the tea, and so now there's a bee in the tea. Is there any, oh, before I finished, before I finished, I just stated the fact, and she was like... She looked at it, and she was like, so? Not just so. It was like, so? (laughs) So? And you're being really friendly, too. You're like, uh... Because we could have been super ticked off, because there is now a wasp in my tea. Yeah. (laughs) And you were like, hi, so... Hi, uh, there's a a bee in my wife's tea. And she was like, so? Yeah, get to the point. What's your point? (laughs) It's like, so... I was wondering if we could get another one. And she's like turned away and walked off. And I was like, okay. So. And we had another couple witness this entire exchange. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, another service person came back that was maybe more familiar with the food operations. This Mm -hmm. seemed to be like kind of a bus bus boy or dishwasher. And this woman came back and we're like, "Uh, we had a wasp fall on my tea. And she's like, oh, let me get you another one. Like immediately, that was her response. (laughs) Brings me back a nice full cup of tea that I subsequently enjoyed. And caught three more wasps. No. No. (laughs) Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, that was a very bizarre highlight. Um, And it's weird because I only heard her say one word, which was so. Um... But she seemed German to me. Yeah. Just based on how she said so. But I just wonder if maybe like an angry Irish accent sounds German. I don't I don't know. Based on one word. Maybe she is Irish, but I don't or think Or maybe she, was. she is German. I, I don't know because we only heard one word. <laughs> but she was very uh she was not having a good day, I guess. Yep. That's why I would put it on. <laughs> No, that was good. That, I like that. I like that side story. And now that story is immortalized. Ha! Yeah, in our podcast. Mm-hmm. Good thing we don't know your name, whoever you are, lady. Yes. All right, so now I'm going to talk about another fun side story I learned Okay. about Ireland. And uh, we've been traveling a lot throughout the southern part of the country. Um, and what uh, our tour guide, I guess, was telling us a lot is there's a lot of names with the prefix kill in front of it. Mm. Um, one of the more familiar ones, if you are a lover of beers, is you may be familiar with Kilkenny, which is, I believe, brewed by the Guinness Company. Um, but Kilkenny is also a place in Ireland, and I always wondered about it. Um, when I first heard it, I guess it was many, many years ago, and it was around the time South Park came out, and it was like, oh, it's 
It's a play on the joke where Kenny gets killed in every episode. Ha 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 ha. No, that's a joke. Um, but what it apparently means is uh, kill, K-I-L, is a prefix for church of. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in the case of Kilkenny, it would be the Church of Kenny. And there was many other ones. I don't have the map right in front of me, but we, we've passed many other kill this and kill that. And it's not that they're murdering people. It's they're the Church of those locations. Yes, when they explain the uh, locations of things, uh, Irish is very direct and to the point, as our guide this morning through the park said. Right, right. And you'll have a river of... You'll have a name... And it'll be literally the river that flowed from the tree. And there'll be a tree and a river. Like, it's very literal as to what you are observing or where you are. It will be, like, the bog or <laughs> yeah, the Black River or something. It's basically that in Irish. Yeah, and we had that today when we were in the park. There's, like, the lower, upper, and middle lake or yes. something is yes. what they're named. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> nice and to the point. So if you actually knew Irish, it would make a lot of sense. And I don't know if we went into it in the first first day one, two podcast, but let's just go ahead and do it and repeat it if it has been done. Sorry. Um, the name behind Dublin. The, oh, please. Go. The Gaelic word was basically muddy, muddy creek or something was the original Gaelic word, and then they anglicized it to Dublin. Well, I think it was Dublin or something like that, and then that became Dublin. Oh, but it, it was going to be called. It was going to be called, I think, was the thing, because the Irish are so literal that they were just going to call the city the, the place with the black water or muddy creek or yeah, muddy dung hole or something was what it was going to be named, but they went with, yeah, dove something, and it got anglicized to Dublin, which was a good thing. Probably, yeah. But like all things from this trip, we should put up a disclaimer because we don't know if any of this is fact. This is just what we've been told. We're also trying to repeat facts from our tour guide that has been talking and talking and we're napping in and out. and We may not have everything point for point repeated, so big disclaimer on that one. The point is, uh, it's been a fun trip. Very, very fun. Um... And gorgeous. Um, great place to refresh. We came in uh, jet-lagged with head colds, and it's been, it's been very healing, I think, for us. Mm-hmm. The air is wonderful. Yeah, super, clean. super clean, yeah. Mm-hmm. And definitely, yeah, definitely a similar vibe to somewhere like St. John's. Um, really beautiful scenery on the water. People are friendly. You just feel refreshed afterwards. Yeah. So that will conclude our day three, four episode of our Ireland trip. We have one more coming up for you. A couple more days left. Um, so look forward to that. But until next time, we will take one more for, for the, the road. road. Yeah!